Hello, everyone, and welcome to another beautiful episode of Butterfly Kisses, Journey of Spiritual Transformation. I am once again your host, Amy Gray Cunningham, and today I am here joined with Barry Nick. Nicole, Nicole, yeah. No, Nicolau. Nicolau. <laughs> Barry Nicolau. And he is joining us from Sydney, Australia, which is, right now today it is 6 a.m. his time. So I want to, first of all, thank him for joining us. <laughs> but he is the author of The 11 Master Secrets of Business Success and Personal Fulfillment. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, but he is very much about inspiration is contagious and how to understand how our very thoughts can sabotage and assist us in creating the life that we want to live. Mm. And we were just getting started talking about a little, a little bit about what was going on in Texas and things that are going on in the world today and how our thinking can affect that. So I wanted to mm. kind of carry on with that conversation mm. that mm. Barry and I had started before I hit the record button. So mm. Barry, can you tell us a little mm. bit about your thoughts about mm. what's going on and why you think, yeah, <laughs> in the world today and yes. what, 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 your, what your take is on it yes. and how, how our thinking can sabotage or help us create the life we want on it. Absolutely. And I, th I guess before that, I'd like to... Um, feel and let people know that I'm absolutely honored to be on your show, Amy. It's beautiful to be with like-minded people. It's also beautiful that the universe puts like-minded people together. Yes. So like certainly does attract like. Um, and yes, yeah, as we were speaking before, there there are a lot of things happening in the world right now that I guess we don't have complete control over. And I think that's probably the crux of what we're saying today and what, what a lot of uh, people are going through psychologically, mentally, physically, is the fact that we can't control everything. So I've had a little um, epiphany in my life, which is to control the controllables in a mm. way, um, to, to, to look at what's within your sphere of control and to make sure that you influence that to the level that you can. And if you can do that, I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts, we balance any scales that you feel the world might be going down a dark path or a wrong path or a, or a, or, or, or a path that's not meant for us as humanity. And, you know, I see it. Don't think that I'm not immune to it because I am. I mean, I'm not sitting here preaching from on top of, on, on, on top of the mountain saying, oh, it's all mm -hmm. great. Because I do go through the emotions as well of um, understanding that, you know, there are people in the world that aren't at the level of understanding and love that I think they should be at. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not the way the world works right now. But the best way to counterbalance that is for you and me and everyone listening, Amy, to, to recognize the potential within us and to feel what feels mostly aligned with our character and our and our purpose and our passions and to make sure that we influence that that's what we do we're not going to pick up a gun necessarily and go to the ukraine and fight um we're not going to you know we're not going to be in a situation where we can change the laws in the us or the laws in australia at the drop of a hat but what we can do is we can show people what's possible um, through our own experiences and in our own way, you know, to start that podcast, to start that business, to to say the I love yous, 
to forgive, to, to, to be a beacon of light to the world in our own way. And here's the thing, you know, like if enough of us do that, then the world does shift. But it's, it's the moment where um, we stay quiet, Amy, and we mm. don't do the podcast or we don't, we don't start that business or we don't go the extra mile, not just for other people, but for ourselves as well to make sure that we honor our light and our love within us. The moment we stop doing that, that's the time that the darkness grows. It's not, it's not necessarily with these individual events that are happening. It's, it's when we stop. So for me, um, every podcast I go on, every I'm currently writing my second book. Um, it's very exciting. It's all about resetting intention. And, and the, the minute that I stop writing and, and the millions around the world that are thinking about becoming authors or thinking about starting a podcast, the minute that they stop, that's when things change. But, but I, I don't view it like that. The people around me and the, my circumstances, there's, there's people that are full of light, that are full of love. And, and they see the atrocities in the world, but that doesn't derail them from owning who they are as people and, and recognizing the divine light that we come from. Mm-hmm. And that if we don't honor our purpose and our passion, then that's an insult to that divine light. Because I believe anyway, everyone has their own opinion, but I believe that we are small parts of that light. And we've been given the ability to create. And the minute we stop creating is the minute that someone else has a greater power over us than ourselves. And no one has that power. So um, anyway, I think I've spoken a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you're, so, you're so point on because mm. I know for a lot of people I've been here, you know, they're just, there's so much mm. fear mm. and there's so much, mm. well, you know, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? Huge. What is it that I can do? And mm. even if I do this or do that, you know, what difference is it mm. going to make? There's still going to be another shooting. There's still going to be another person that picks up a gun or there's still going to be another person that, mm. you know, says something s- stupid on TV. Mm. Yeah. It <laughs> happens know? here as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know it, yeah. it, and, and it's, and I'm, I'm amazed that halfway around the world, a mm. little town in Texas, mm. well, not a little town, but a town mm. in Texas has made such an impact mm, mm, mm. In, in Australia. It's huge because we're almost, um, you know, we can look at countries as, as um, dividing posts around the world, but we are one big community. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, Amy, um, you know, technology has done that. No, it's connected us in a way like us speaking is just incredible yeah. if you think about it. But we get to a level where what drives people, don't worry about whether they're US citizens or Australian citizens or European citizens or Asian citizens, what drives them is um, what drives me and what drives you is the wanting to receive love and the wanting to give love. Like that's what drives us. And if you look at the psychology, even behind social media, it's based on that. It's based on how do we keep Barry engaged on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever it is. How do we keep Barry engaged? And, you know, if the more likes I get and the more little hearts I get, the more engaged I am and the more dopamine I've got going on in my brain. And if you think about um, what we want as human beings, we what, what do we want? We want the safety of our family. We want food and bread and shelter and warmth. Um, And we want all these things for ourselves, but somewhere along the line, a few people in history, and I 
not going to go into the psychology of it because I'm not a psychologist, but there are people that have a negative influence that has impacted who they are. And instead of transcending that negative experience, they've embraced it and it's, they've become something different altogether. And, and from that, they make quite poor decisions thinking that they're right. If you look mm -hmm. at the Russian leader, you know, th there is something in him that he believes he is right in what he is doing. And his ego is convincing him that, that he's right. Um, although all of us standing back are seeing all these refugees, like millions of refugees leaving Ukraine that, that have just had their life uprooted, you know, their homes gone. It's like it's 1943 all over again, World War II all over again for them. Yeah. And, and you get to a level where you go, you know, um, I thought we were past this as, as human beings. So yeah, I guess, um, you know, there are some people that are at a limited understanding of our evolutionary process as far as being more gentle, more kinder to ourselves, more kinder to the earth itself, our little home, you know, our little blue pearl that we're on that we, we haven't grasped yet. And, um, the only way to grasp that is to go through a lot of pain. And for me, um, you know, and for you, Amy, I'm sure as well, it's, it's, it's all about wanting to take that fear and show people that that's not all there is. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you can focus on that and you can make it all about that. But I promise you something, if you only focus on the fear, that's what you'll see and that's what you'll experience. And the problem is, is that fear often speaks louder than love. So I was saying yesterday at the event that I was speaking at, you know, like there are, are, are there's a million good acts that are happening in the world right now that you are not privy to. Like you just don't know about them. There are kidney transplants. There are people that have recovered from cancer. There are marriages that are getting back together. There are kids that are forgiving their parents. There are parents that are forgiving their children. There are, there are a lot of good transcending beautiful scenarios that are happening. And the only reason we're not seeing them or we're not search researching them is because our eyes are fixated on a few key events around the world that are just breaking our hearts. But but don't let it at the end of the day, just go, you know what, we're, we're blessed to be where we're at in life. We've got a roof over our heads. We've got family that love us. We've got dogs that love us as well <laughs> we've got a, a, a scenario where we can we can project this lovely conversation about love and joy and understanding and appreciation and gratitude and we're in that position as well that's happening as well so we just have to make sure that we gain perspective when mm. we start to lose ourselves in the horribleness of what we're looking at and also recognize as well that a lot of the media isn't necessarily geared towards good stories. Like that's really yeah, important to recognize. Yes. Well, you know, a cat falling out of a tree and the firemen helping, that's not necessarily going to sell a lot of newspapers or a lot of media attention. So media does know that we've fallen into a scenario where um, fear sells and we've become so accustomed to wanting to know the bad things that the media have gone right. No problem. We can keep you in fear. No problem. So for me, um, I've turned off the news. I mean, I'm going to receive the news anyway. I'm going to receive it in bullet points on my phone. Mm -hmm. I don't want novels of it. 
Give me mm-hmm. five bullet points, five minutes of my day. I want to know what's going on. I move on to the controllables. I move on to how I can influence the world in a way that means the most to me. And then mm-hmm. I put more of my energy and my love and my, you know, what's interesting, Amy, and please stop me if I'm talking too long because I'm no, quite passionate about it. No, I love it. Um, <laughs> I always use the analogy of soil um, in Sydney and in my talks when it comes to thoughts and when it comes to expansion. So if you plant a weed in the soil, the soil's not going to come to you and say, whoa, whoa, Barry, that's a weed. What are you doing? It's not going to do that. The soil has nutrients, it has sunlight, and it has water. Its role is expansion. Whatever you plant in it, it will grow. So you can plant poison ivy or you can plant a rose bush. And the soil's not going to have any bias against those two plants. And one of them is poison ivy and the other one's a rose bush. And it's the very, very same with our thoughts. If you entertain a fee-based thought, and water it with emotion and give it sunlight and and know that it's got roots to grow then you will grow a very ugly plant and after a while as you keep growing these plants they become normalized they don't become like you don't view them with perspective anymore because they change the nature of your garden and you become accustomed to looking at the ugly plants and they're not so ugly after a while And the difference we have to start doing is if we step outside our gardens and view it as a stranger would view it and look at our thoughts and go, okay, let's look at my thoughts and let's look at how many of these thoughts are healthy and let's look at how how many of these thoughts are unhealthy. And if you can just do that and even write them down, like, you know, what am I exposing my mind to? Is it the news? Is it toxic people? Is it joyful people is that people that I love and embrace or whatever it is and take take inventory of of what's being absorbed into our mind then we might not be as surprised when our life goes into a certain direction because we are our lives are a complete reflection of our thoughts and our mm-hmm. beliefs even even the friends around you like if you look at the top five people in your life they are a reflection of you they're, they actually are a reflection of your different type, a different type of your personality. So, so you get to a level where you go, if I don't want a specific thought, I've got to curtail that where that thought is coming from. And it could be from a person in your life. So for me, I've, be, I've become very specific on the type of people and the energy that I've got around me. Because from that... I will create my life and I want a certain life. I don't just want to go with the flow. I want a certain mm. specific life. And from that, I you become really specific about the identifiers that keep you on the path. And yeah, I know what's going on in Russia and I know what's going on in Texas and I know what's going on in, we've just had a change of government in Australia and I know what's going on there from a political point of view. I don't let it consume me. I, I, I listen and then I get on with um, with who I know myself to be. So how it's do exciting. you it is exciting and I I it's it's really funny because mm. my my friends will text me and say, mm. uh, Amy, did you realize that Jif peanut butter has a recall? 
Just saying, <laughs> because they know I don't watch, they don't listen to the news. Yeah, yeah. And, which Jeff Peanut Butter in the United States, I don't know if they did in Sydney, they just had a recall no, no. <laughs> on their <Okay>. peanut butter. So. <laughs> yeah. But how can you go about, can you give some concrete examples mm -hmm. about how to change your thinking? Absolutely. If you want to change the soil yeah. and, and, yeah. put, and put some new roots down or Absolutely. Some new, what's some yeah, things yeah. people can do? Okay. So, so the first thing you've got to do is, um, identify first of all that we've all got weeds in our garden like every one of us i don't care who you are you've yeah. got some some something that's um a trigger or something that you're holding on to that is causing you to so recognize that you've got something there is the first thing and then what i was going to suggest amy i've got a little pdf here and if you like i can send it to you for free i'll put it on screen it's like a six-step process that I use in my personal life and I use with my clients and I'm happy to offer you that for free. But if you want to put new roots down, the first thing you've got to do, and I'll run through the quick process here if you're interested. Okay. Yeah, um, no. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to identify what your new desire is. Like you've, mm -hmm. got, to, you've got to be laser specific about what you want. Most people aren't, would you believe? Most people come to me and say, and I do about 20 coaching sessions a month individually, just quickly. And now we're getting into corporations. Like I've got my first government contract signed with a, with, with a corporation that want to understand the energy behind business and the energy as used as a currency in business. So this is getting really wild now. And this is the way the world is going as far as I'm concerned. But identifying a desire. I don't want you to come to me and say, you just want to be happy because that's yeah. too broad. Yeah. Like you've, you've got to have a metric. You've got to, you've got to have, you've got to give the brain something to aim for. What is mm -hmm. that one thing? So identify it is, and the three big things is this people want to heal from an illness. So mm -hmm. something quite serious, something quite sinister, like cancer, they want more money to enter their lives, mm -hmm. or they want to find a partner in life that really gets them and really mm -hmm. wants to share them. They're the three main areas that I help people with. So if it is a healing scenario, if that's what you desire and you wanna beat cancer, you start to look around the world and other people that have beat cancer? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are there people that have earned a certain income stream that will enable you to do what you wanna do? Yes. Are there people that have, are happy in marriages? Yes. So these, these scenarios actually exist. So once you've identified the desire, whatever that is, like get specific and I would even say, write it down. The second area is to feel the possibility. So that's when you give yourself examples in the world of people that are actually living that life. Excuse me. So it's not like it's a fanciful thought. It's actually real. So for me, if I want to, for example, one of my goals, one of my happy goals is to be in a situation where I'm earning a certain amount a year because I've identified who I can help and what I can do with that income stream. So I then look at 10 or 15 people within my view, friends, colleagues, strangers that are earning that income stream or I think that they are. And I look at what makes up that income stream. It could be real estate, it could be shares, or it could be a job or a business. So then they've got that happening. So what I'm actually saying is that that's real. It's not like it's just woo woo, it's real. So I'm like, okay, so if it's real for them, it can be real for me. I've got a friend of mine who's just written a book about um, healing from cancer with no chemotherapy. 
Like, and he's approached me at the fair that I was at yesterday. And he's like, mm -hmm. Barry, I've just written this book. I want to collaborate with you at some level. So he's all about nutrition and exercise and understanding that you can beat cancer, stage four cancer naturally. Whereas a doctor in a white coat will tell you that that's, that's close to impossible. Mm -hmm. So he's done it. So then I'm like, you are a beacon of light for me, sir. I said, his name is Rob. I said, Rob, I can't wait to read your book. And then I look at marriages and relationship building and like as far as a romantic partner. And you look at the fact that, you know, are there people that have been happy in marriages for 20 years? Yes, there are. How do they do it? What, what, what are the secrets to staying with someone? And by the way, one of the secrets, I've been married for 17 years, so I don't know everything. But I do know that um, being able to quarrel well is mm -hmm. one of the secrets. It's not about romantic walks on the beach and date nights and all that for me. It's, mm -hmm. it's can, you, can you have a fight with your partner and get mm -hmm. back to love as quickly as possible? Yes, That's the key. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so have you got a strategy for that? Um, or are you just living in the romantic notions of, of being, uh, you know, the lust and the love and all that's beautiful. It's great, but, but it's not a, it's a sprint. It's, you know, this is actually a marathon. If you want a, a successful marriage, it's, it's very hard to go the distance without understanding that there are nuances in your marriage that you need to get over quickly. Don't, mm -hmm. don't pick every battle and every fight as something you have to take to the grave. <laughs> so that's been, an, that's been my lesson. Um, so it's pretty cool. So, so you've identified the desire, you felt the possibility. The third area is to catch that feeling. So I need you to, in your bones, and there's maths behind this as well. So to catch the feeling, Amy, of what it would feel like when this is a reality for you. Like I need you to hold that inside you. So it's like a knowingness, like a, like an internal knowing mm -hmm. that this is a true thing. I've sat there and income stream could be an example, okay? So I've gone there and I've gone, okay, what would it feel like? Who can I help? Uh, where would we be living? What would I be driving? How would I help the kids financially and otherwise? How would I not give too much to the kids? Because I want them to be hungry as well. Mm -hmm. So, so how do we, so I've gone down this road of how good this could be when I am living, when I have this income stream. So for me, you get to a level where I lose myself in that. And every time I wake up from these little meditations, I've, I've got this smile on my face, like it's on its way, Barry, you don't understand. It's on its way to you. And it's a knowing it's mm -hmm. every festival I do, every podcast I do, every book, every word that I write in my in my new book, it's a knowing that I am on that path to receive that income stream and make an impact in the world in a beautiful, beautiful, loving way. So if that's what I want and if that's what I want to manifest, I'm on the right path for that. So you've got to find for yourself, how can you catch yourself in the feeling of the desire that you want? And it's, sometimes it's hard, Amy, because how do we catch a feeling of something we've never experienced? Like it's really, really, really hard. So mm -hmm. for me, it has become a process of getting rid of distractions and getting rid of doubt and going, mm -hmm. this, this is a real thing for you, Barry. And, and if you look at all the successful people in history that you admire and you ask yourself, how did they do that? At some point in their past, they were at my level or they were at your level or they were at 
the people listening's level. They were at that point and they were just taking the next right step and the next right move. And then all of a sudden, the next circumstance and the next person and the next situation reveals itself to you. And then it's your job to take that next small step because it's the universe guiding you through that next area of your life. Um, so that's important for me. The fourth area is really important and that a lot of us don't recognize, which is releasing toxicity and doubt in your life. You can do all the work and you can listen to all the mentors and you can do all the meditation and you can buy all the books and you can listen to Amy or Barry or do all the steps. But if you allow toxicity to remain at its current level in your life, you're treading water. You're not, you're not going anywhere. You're staying put because the toxic influences end up being so strong in your life that you'll default to them. Every time you have a good thought, you'll default back to the toxicity. So for me, it's been a very steep learning curve that I've identified the energy within certain individuals in my life and the energy that the outside world gives me. And I've been quite specific about what aligns with my energy and what does not. So, so it ends up, I end up becoming a little bit selfish in that regard because, well, you know what? It's my life and it's my family. So selfishness, as much as we think of it as a bad word, I have to be selfish to be selfless in a regard, because if I don't give to me, how on earth can I give to others? So you end up having love for self as a very critical, important part of your journey as opposed to just depleting yourself and giving love to others and having nothing left for you. So for me, I want to fill my cup before I can give others a drink mm -hmm. of it. So that's the fourth area to just recognize toxicity and recognize doubt. Now, just quickly on doubt, you've got to recognize that doubt is a very powerful force. It's very, very powerful. And this is what I do in my life to Amy. I don't reveal my plans to many people. Because I don't need a hundred different, a um, hundred different conversations on how I should be living my life. Mm -hmm. That's 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 my business. And I always say to friends and family, if you win, if you win lotto, don't mm -hmm. tell anyone, <laughs> because people have a funny way of changing. <laughs> don't just just keep the money in the bank and live your life. Do what mm -hmm. you want to do. So um, yeah, you get to a position where you're quite guarded with the moves that you make. And for me, that's become a steep learning curve because I used to tell everyone, I used to go, oh, I'm doing this. Now I'm writing a book. Now I'm creating an app. Now I'm, I'm speaking at this event. Now I'm doing this. And, and then I found that I had to justify everything that I was doing mm -hmm. uh, when I caught up with them again. And I didn't want to do that. That's no one's business but mine. And honestly, I'm going to hit some roadblocks. So I don't want to tell you about every one of those either. So it's about making sure that I get my internal story straight about my learnings to me rather than advertise every single thing that I'm going through. So that's become, uh, and that's probably a personality trait that's unique with me. Everyone else might be different. I don't feel the need to tell everyone what I'm up to. Mm -hmm. um, and actually in time, it'll all be revealed anyway. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's, that's the tell all. So yeah, so that's the fourth part, which is um, releasing the toxicity and recognizing what that toxicity looks like in your life. And then the fifth area 
is to release the timing. And this is really difficult to do because if we are in a situation where we want to manifest something and we choke it by saying, I want it to happen now, Barry, you don't understand. I want it now. I want to heal now. I want the money now. I want the relationship now. Everything has to happen according to my calendar and everyone else knows nothing, including the universe, including God. So that for me, I take that as someone that hasn't yet understood that there is perfect timing in life. I, mm -hmm. I often use the analogy, Amy, you know, when you're in an aeroplane and you look down at the roads, let's say you're flying over a city and you look down at the roads, you know, you have the aerial view of life. You mm -hmm. can see two cars coming towards each other, possibly five, six, seven miles apart. But the drivers of those cars could probably only see a mile ahead. You know, they can't mm -hmm. see the entire road. They can only see mm -hmm. where their lights are shining or wherever it is. So for me, you've got to understand that the universe has the aerial view of life and it knows what is perfect timing for you. Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you think you should know everything. It doesn't necessarily mean also that you shouldn't have goals and goals are definitive on timeframes. But you got to get to a level where you understand that if something isn't happening, it's not a no, it's a not yet. Just trust me. And that's a, a very steep learning curve for me because I do <laughs> want things now as well. Mm -hmm. Like I want things to happen now. But I look around me and I see fantastic scenarios anyway. I see homes and families and money in the bank and impactful work and speaking engagements and food in the fridge and, and investments and, and all these things are already happening. So I got I get back to a sense of gratitude really, really, really quickly. And mm -hmm. I even release, I release the um, toxicity of whatever I want not happening. And that's the fastest way for it to happen. It might sound paradoxical here, mm -hmm. but if you can release the um, if you can release the timing of when you think things should happen, you will receive those things very quickly. <laughs> so it's just about <laughs> not choking it. And and if you think about it, when you want something to happen, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And you go, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. What you're really saying is, I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it. Mm -hmm. And that's the energy that you're putting out in the world. And what does the universe give you back? You won't get it, you won't get it, okay, you won't you get won't it, get you it. won't get it, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, I, when I want something, I say, you know what, universe? I would really love this because that means I could do that. I'm going to work towards it, but I'm going to leave the fruition of it, the timing of it to you because I know you know best. And when I say you, I mean God. He knows mm -hmm. best. He's got the aerial view of all of our lives. So I get to a situation where I just let it go. Um, I don't let it go completely, but I do get to a situation where um, I don't choke it with when is this going to happen? Because when you do that, it's not the same energy as the desire. It is, it is fear-based energy that has snuck in to your thoughts that is saying, but you might not get it, Barry, but you might not get it, mm. but it might not happen. And that's what I try to let go of um, as much as possible. So yeah, and the last area is to embrace your new reality. So once you've manifested something, Amy, or people listening, once you've taken something wild and you've brought it into your reality and you're like, oh my God, I'm earning 
this much money. Thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you to the people. Thank you to the circumstances that led to this. Know that it's your job to get bigger. Like it is the same force that moves a pebble that moves a mountain. It is the same force. The only thing that stops us is we think that a mountain is much bigger than a pebble. And in physical forms, it is. But in energetic forms, it is not. So once you've got the ability to heal from something or to earn an income stream, keep keep using the same formula. Keep testing it for bigger things. So let's just say, I've got a friend of mine, he wants to earn a million dollars a year in a business. And he's just achieved that. Like, and he's over the moon. And I said, oh, would it be great if you could earn 3 million a year? I'm not saying you should always go for more, but he's he's got a great product. So he's going, oh, Barry, I could never do 3 million. Like last year I was earning 80,000 a year. Now I'm earning a million dollars a year. So he said, why would I want more than that? And I'm trying to make him understand that it is not about the money. It's about the impact. And it's also about the energy that I need him to know that that's possible. Because mm-hmm. in his mind, he's capped it. He goes, oh, this is all that I, I can do. I promise you, Barry, I can't do more than this. But if you ask him two years ago, <coughs> excuse me, if you ask him two years ago, 80,000 was his cap. So you get to a level where he just, he now he believes. And this is the thing, like if you've healed from, from something like cancer, you know, your job is to tell other people that they can as well. And everything starts from... From up here, everything starts with what we choose to believe is true. So it's it's exciting following that process for me, from identifying the desire to 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 um, embracing your new reality, is a very understandable process. But before any of that takes place, before you even look at the paper, you've got to be in a situation where you identify what you do believe. Mm-hmm. And Einstein had this brilliant quote, and this is how I open my seminars in Sydney. We start with Einstein because Einstein was a great scientist, but he, he was a great philosopher as well and mm-hmm. to understand where our thoughts come from. And he had this quote that no one knows about, Amy, that not many people know about. Mm-hmm. And it is like, it goes to the crux of what we are speaking about today. And his question that he postulated was this. He, he said, every human being on the planet must make the most important decision of their lives. Like they must make this decision. Mm-hmm. And the decision is this, do I believe that I live in a friendly universe or do I believe that I live in a toxic universe? And until you answer that question without doubt and without reservation, you will continue to experience that reality. And the example that we give, I give in Sydney is, you know, if I'm sitting down at dinner and I've got six people on my left and I've got six people on my right and the six people on my left all believe that the world is a toxic place and they will give me examples of why that's true. And they'll say, you know, they'll cite Texas, they'll cite the war in Ukraine, they'll cite COVID, they'll cite all these true things. And on my right, there are these positive people that believe that the world is a friendly place. And they will then cite examples on their side about, you know, babies recovering from cancer, about 
marriages that are getting back together, um, that are about government ministers that actually do want the best for their people. And there's a, a diamond in the rough in one of these ministers that wants the best for the country. And that's the guy I'm going to vote for. And there are good scenarios that are happening. Who's right and who's wrong? You know, which side of the table is right and wrong? And as you sitting in the middle, looking at the left and the right, you come to a realization that they're both correct. And they're both living experiences based on what they believe to be true. And from those experiences, they will give you an interpretation of life that they believe is reality. When in fact, there are 8 billion versions of reality all playing out at once. Because there's 8 billion of us on the planet. There are 8 billion interpretations of reality. There is not just one. We think that there's one, but everything happens within us. So if everything happens within us, then our own thoughts, our own experiences, our own purpose, our own talents, our own passions go to showing us what sort of life we want to live. So then that's your reality. And my reality could be different. But you look at common threads in reality, like love and joy and sadness and sorrow and pain and hurt and all these common threads. And with like, well, what highway do I want to hop on? Because I've got the choice. And you decide to hop on one that's, well, for me anyway, that I recognize that there's a pain highway and I recognize that there's a sorrow and there's a peanut butter highway and there's a Ukraine highway and there's all these different highways, <laughs> but I want to drive my car on my highway. And that's what we've got to come very specific about. We've got to, we've got to choose the road that best aligns with, with our giving nature, with, with love inside of us. Yeah. So it's exciting. Wow, I am so. I mean, I, I you, you've taken the words right out of my mouth. I don't even know what to say now because you're, <laughs> I'm so you're sorry right. I've spoken for so long. <laughs> no, I mean you. You are so you exactly what I have been wanting to articulate is exactly what you've just said, because that is what I have thought and 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 believe. Yeah, because there's yeah. so many different realities and so many different experiences and who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. And there is, unfortunately, or fortunately, there is none. And and one of the things that you had mentioned in there is gratitude. Mm, mm. Well, it's really interesting with gratitude because um, a lot of people come to me quite lost in, not lost, 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 but they mm. don't know what to do next. And they feel perplexed with, you know, that they are looking at their own purpose and in their own life and in their own situation with their family dynamics and their friends and their job and their business or whatever it is. And they come to me and they go, well, Barry, I just feel despondent. I just feel lost. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what to do next. And really what they're saying, if you look under the surface, is that they're not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. They're not fulfilled from their relationships currently. They're not fulfilled from their job. It might mm -hmm. earn them an income stream, Amy, but there's there's an aspect of them that isn't that isn't filled inside them. Their soul is yearning for more. Is probably the best way to say it. The best thing you can do when you're in that situation is to throw yourself into gratitude. Now, gratitude is really interesting because a lot of us are grateful for the good things. 
like mm-hmm. you know like the money in the bank the the love the friendships and you know you start to identify the good things and that's all cool and i call that ordinary human awareness but if you want to get to higher human awareness you start looking at the spiritual masters over the last 2000 years uh, from india from china from from asia and you start to look at what they taught and gratitude ends up being an emotion that is a way to live your life like you are grateful for everything not mm-hmm. just the good things and it's sometimes hard to contemplate that because why would you be grateful for the pain and why would you be grateful for the hurt and why would you be grateful for anything horrible happening in the world so you get to a situation where you're grateful for being the observer to all these scenarios that are happening and also with the realization that we're not going to live forever you know we're we're observers we're passengers on a plane probably the best description you know and our plane's going to land and some will get off and some will get on and babies will being born and people will pass away and you get to a level where you're just saying thank you for the plane ride like yeah there was some turbulence up there yeah there was some great views as well yeah the pilot was kind of funny there was some moments so the pilot was kind of making a few jokes yeah we had to have our belt on yes yes you know everything you start to realize that that you're privileged to be on the plane and that's what being alive is like you got gratitude for it now yes i agree if you take individual circumstances and wars and pain it's hard to be grateful for that but you know what it's still a plane ride you know and and if you look at you know everyone's talking about what russia's doing to ukraine but you're not looking at the beautiful scenarios that are happening out of switzerland and finland right now who are more or less taking in refugees and probably their economy couldn't really handle that sort of influx of people but they're mm-hmm. doing it because they're in a situation where they recognize the humanity inside human beings and that's more important than trying to take land from another country you know what i mean that's more important mm-hmm. to them so we're not recognizing that we're just recognizing that there's war so yeah. there are there are you, if you want to know the way the world is heading look at the aftermath of the explosion look at the aftermath of the pain that's the way the world's heading that's the heart of humanity it's not necessarily in the act and the act will try really hard to persuade you otherwise and for some people they believe it but i'm letting you know if you look at covid and if you look at the horribleness of how this thing has swept the world and then you take into consideration the work life balance that a lot more people have now and if you take into consideration that a lot of more families are spending time together and if you take into consideration that there have been a lot of people died which means that the people that are still living are probably a lot more forgiving and a lot more tolerable of their family members because they've lost people so what does that mean you get angry at the beginning but then you get to a place of I need to change things. Things need to change in me. I'm not going to be so ego focused. I'm going to show more love. You get to a place where everything comes back and this is what I believe God's plan is. I believe that he will say to us, 
you can go in whatever direction you want, but everything gets you back to a deeper understanding of love. Everything brings you back to a deeper understanding of what love actually means. And love, and a facet of that is gratitude. A facet of that is forgiveness. And not just forgiveness for other people, forgiveness for self, for the mistakes that we felt that we've made in our life. So mm -hmm. that's the level that I think God needs us to come back to. Some of us take the scenic route and get angry for the next 20 or 30 years. Some of us transcend that. Now, I've seen people, Amy, at 20 that totally get this. And I've seen 70-year-olds that are struggling with it. So age has no factor into how people understand this type of conversation. But what I do know for sure is that the people that pay attention to it are the people that become more knowledgeable in it and then practice it as a way to live life rather than um, to look at circumstances in the world and let that dictate how they feel and what they should do next. So, so if you're looking at something horrible, get to a situation where you go, okay, this is really sad. You know, you can mourn for a bit as well, like you feel for the victims and you feel for the families and, and you feel like you've lost faith in your country, that things could be better and they're not. But then you come back, eventually you come back to, how can I turn the tide here? How can little Barry or little Amy or whoever it is, how can we, in our own little worlds, how can we show people that that's not the way? Well, a podcast is a great way. A book is a great way. A seminar is a great way. Eating healthy is a great way. Being an example of the life you want to live. So then when other people look at your life, they say, well, Amy, how did you do that? And, and you'll respond the same way most people respond, which is, I've just changed what goes on up here, which has then changed what goes on out there for me. And, and that's the crux of what we're speaking about. It's making sure that we get to a level of understanding that we are the creators of our realities. We don't have influence over 100% of it, but we do have influence over probably 80% of it. And if I die tomorrow, Amy, God as my witness, I will die with knowing that I'm on a path that was best aligned for me and there will be no regrets. Whether the book comes out at November or whether, you know, my family will grow up and they'll read about their dad, you know, if I'm not here. So I get to a stage where I'm not the one that will be saying, I should have done that. Oh, I wish I had the time to do that. Or I, I, sh I should have just taken the leap of faith in myself. I won't be that guy. And I need people to understand that you don't have to be that person either. You can make the decision to do what best aligns with who you are as a person. If that's to be a teacher, if that's to be a fireman, if that's to be a bricklayer or whatever it lights you up, you can do it. It's the only thing holding you back is possibly a little bit of belief in you and forgiving yourself for forgiving yourself for the things that you think you should be punishing yourself for let let that go god does not want to punish you he just sees it as lessons for growth and and it is a love-based energy you know i'm christian to give you an idea and i'm sick of seeing jesus on the cross he's been on the cross long enough he's been on the cross for 2000 years for me, Jesus is sitting there with his hands open in a state of giving, of love. And, you know, even in his teachings, even in scripture, you know, one of the 
most beautiful scripture sayings is, what was it? He said, the least among you can do more than what I have done mm-hmm. and even greater things. You know, mm-hmm. and, when you, and when you look at that, and another scripture was, you know, with God, all things are possible. What does that leave out? You know, all things are possible. So you get to a level of understanding that you have been gifted with divine creativity and divine choice. And you choose, you've got 60, 70, 80 years, if you're lucky, to choose how you spend that energy. Don't you want to spend it in a way that leaves the world and leaves you in a beautiful, in a beautiful place? Like, isn't that the aim? Rather than to look at the atrocities in the world and get all encompassed on how bad things are? Like, like focus on your world and what you can do. And if enough of us do that, I promise you, it'll be a chorus. It'll be, it'll be an orchestra singing. It just won't be a voice. It'll be so many of us. And that's the level where we've got to, humanity has to transcend to get to that understanding. Oh my God, I've talked your ear off, Amy. I apologize. Beautifully, (laughs) beautifully said. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. (laughs) But we are at the hour mark. I can't believe how quickly. Oh my God. Oh my God, my good gracious. But I do have one last question for you. It's a question I ask all of the guests. So I have to ask you this question as well. Please. If you have an hour to spend with someone on a park Mm -hmm. bench, whether this person be alive or across the veil in heaven, and you could talk about anything, who would that person be? And what would you talk about? This is going to sound really, um, I need Jesus to forgive me, first of all, from what I'm about to say, because my go-to would have been Christ. But the person that I would want to give a bear hug to and to say sorry for not meeting you in person would be Dr. Wayne Dyer. Oh, yes. Yeah. He, he, um, he was the catalyst for me to, um, to get into what I am doing now. I can't get enough of his voice. I can't get enough of his books. I've just learned about his daughter, yeah, Summer. Summer. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. you know, for us is sad for Wayne on the other side. He's probably looking at it saying, you're just joining the other side. It's not a, it's not as, it's sad for the people that are left behind, mm-hmm. but it's not sad for the people that are transitioning because they're going to pure love. But Wayne Dyer, I could probably take an eternity with him and just, mm-hmm. I would probably say two words and I'll just say thank you. Thank you for listening to your purpose and for your influences and to um yeah i i um he was in sydney he actually died in 2015 i believe it was mm-hmm. and it's interesting because that's the year that i wrote my book so i've for me in my own silly way i've looked at it as a um passing on of the baton to someone <laughs> else but he's he's mm-hmm. very influential in my life every time i get down and i'm driving my car i put wayne on even though i know what he's about to say next I've heard it a thousand times. It still gives me goosebumps. It still gives me, um, it still inspires me because I feel like he's with me. And that might sound bloated or esoteric, but I don't really care how it sounds because it's, 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 he's fueling me in his own esoteric way. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, it's exciting. So Wayne Dyer would, would, would be my hero. Absolutely. Yeah. His book, Change Your, Thought, Change, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your World. Literally. Change Your Life, I think. Change yeah. Your Life, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Literally changed my life. Yeah. It was one of my yeah. the first books I ever read and Yeah. And uh he when I I didn't realize he had passed and mm. when I found out he had passed it was I had read like three or four of his books and mm, I mm. literally sat there and cried. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, his daughters Jade and um oh Jade and oh Serena Serena have gotten that book out, right? Called The Knowing. Have you heard about yes. that? I just finished reading that. Oh yeah, wasn't it? I've just listened oh, to the audio it? version. It was fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, I listened to the audio version, and I would so I, I really want to have them on my podcast. So. Oh, I go yeah. for it. I would actually. He's got a daughter in Australia, Sarah Greenberg. I've been yes. trying to get on her podcast forever. But I think she probably gets a lot of requests to be on her podcast. But I've had a little chat to Wayne and I've said, you know, if you can convince Sarah to have me on, I will mm -hmm. honor you. Like yeah. it is, it is beautiful. But I had a but, chat with Wayne as well about. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's beautiful. And it's great in the knowing. I don't know if you also read it, I mean, in the sense, it's great to know about the humanity of Wayne rather than the yes. persona, like yeah. how he was as a dad. Yeah, um, that's what I really honed in on. He was a great dad, but he was a yeah. down to earth dad. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he made mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And which was interesting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he he was human, and, yeah. and if he didn't make those mistakes, would he have been the Wayne Dyer that we know of him? Exactly. So it's it's interesting. Like, don't shy away from making any mistakes because they yeah. are there to guide you to who you will become. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, lovely. Well, Barry, it has been a pleasure having you <laughs> thank on you, today. Amy. And thank, thank you for you. getting up so early to join us. Don't be silly. I, I, I've absolutely loved it. So thank you for your words of wisdom and your guidance. <laughs> you. And I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. And I wish you all the very, very best in spreading your light, Amy. It's, it's beautiful to share this moment with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time. See ya.